unlike pretty much every other team in Minnesota over the weekend, the Wild actually got their preseason started with a win over the Colorado Avalanche. We'll talk about that as well as what we learned in training camp and some of the roster battles that we'll see between now and the start of the season today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes or any Minnesota Wild news as we move to closer to the start of the season. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, Alex Micheletti joins the show as we discuss the Wilds' 4-3 to win over the Colorado Avalanche to kick off the preseason. We'll talk about some of the stars from the game, as well as what we learned from training camp as we move through the rest of the preseason. We'll take a look at some battles to watch as well. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And as mentioned, joined by Alex Micheletti for our usual Micheletti Monday. And the Vikings, the Gophers, the Twins. No, the Twins won. Twins won. Um, the Minnesota Wilds were able to get a win and uh, started off their preseason with a nifty little four to three win over the Colorado Avalanche, uh, a game in which Sammy Walker had two goals. Vinny Letary stole one. If you were listening to the Colorado Avalanche broadcast, stole one from Sammy Walker to complete the hat trick. Jujar Kara had a goal as well. And so preseason is always kind of take it with a grain of salt. Um, but a, a solid start to the preseason for the wild. And best of all, um, with the exception of that, uh, pretty scary situation for Damon hunt, um, with the exception there, uh, it seemed like the team got out of the game without, uh, sustaining any further injuries. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. You know, that's, um, one thing that you're always worried about in the, in the preseason, uh, you know, especially, with hockey, it's it's a lot different than the other um, you know sports. Uh, you, you don't uh, you don't see your full you know team a whole lot in in the games. Um, they they kind of like separate them into pods or you know you know split sessions of you know especially if a you know team is traveling um, for a preseason game, and so it's kind of just kind of <laughs> discombobulated a lot. And um, you know, sometimes you have um, you know really experienced guys going up against guys that are, you know, young. And so you just never know where you're going to get. And, you know, sometimes that can create chaos and, and injuries. So, yeah, it's, it, it's very, <laughs> you just, you just pray that uh, um, you come out um, without any regulars getting hurt. Yeah. And the situation with Damon Hunt was that he, um, he got hit in the face and was in some clear discomfort. And so his status, obviously, uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that here over the next couple of days. But you had Sammy Walker, who just continues to stand out. He stood out in training camp. He is continuing to stand out here in the preseason. 
Uh, Vinny Letary lights the lamp, which was nice to see. Uh, Jujar Kara, as we mentioned, he had a goal as well. And so you get some of these guys that are clearly battling for spots on this roster that are going to be pretty tricky to come up with. All those guys are battling. And honestly, if you're looking for like the one thing to kind of, well, how do we, how do we watch preseason games? What do we take away is you just look for the guys that, that are noticeable that stand out and you know, you're going to have obviously your top guys that if they do play, they're obviously going to stand out. But those guys that are battling for spots on the roster and even some of those prospects, too, if they stand out amongst those other NHL prospects slash players, that's that's the good sign that you're looking for uh, here throughout the preseason. The results, Bill Guerin has pretty much said this spot on the results really don't matter. You're just looking for a good battle level. Um, to uh, to get yourself ready for the regular season. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, it was it was nice to see all the guys that scored today were battling for that you know, quote unquote last roster spot. But you know, as we were talking off air, um, you know, it's like the Patrick Starfish uh, meme. Uh, I only have like one dollar. You know, if they if they try to if they try to carry a, a 13 forward they have less than $50,000, um, you know, that, that, that is outrageous in this, in today's world, you know, when you have other teams like the coyotes that are, you know, trying to carry on guys that, you know, probably, you know, some that haven't, pl- you know, played in the NHL a couple of years just to get to the cap <laughs> floor. And yeah. then you have, you know, teams that like the wild that always, you know, try to play near the cap, but now they're even, you know, they're on the brink of, you know, hitting it right at the cap, which is, wild and so uh, you know you know like we talked about too uh they might have to go you know stretches where they're playing 11 and 7 you know which last year was a nightmare for for the wild um just because you you struggle with with line changes and you know getting in that seventh defenseman sometimes or or who's gonna double shift uh you know on that you know like in a fourth line type uh situation or you know having a you know top line guy play you know double minutes but then they can get tired easily so yeah it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be wild (laughs) no no pun intended but um so yeah i mean just you have to pray also no early season injuries too because that can you know create chaos but uh you know, you know, those guys like like we talked about Walker, um, Kari, um, Vinny, Oteri, there's basically only one forward spot that that they're banking on, and that's if Marco Rossi um, struggles, you know, and then, you know, if he gets sent down, if he's in the, the Dean doghouse like Kalen Addison was last year. Yeah, um, yeah, it's that's the only way that those guys get up, you know, you know, other than, you know, an injury. So it's, yeah, it's going to be very tight all season. And I'll just put it out here just because we're kind of on the topic. Um, Mm -hmm. The difference between putting a player on injured reserve and long-term injured reserve, injured reserve requires not playing for seven calendar days, while long-term injured reserve involves not playing for 24 calendar days in 10 NHL games. The full rules for long-term IR are laid out in Article 50.10, as mentioned, long-term injured reserve allows a team to exceed the upper limit of the salary cap, but only once the upper limit is reached. And so it's not something that the Wild have used previously, and obviously you never hope 
to have a situation which you have to but the wild had um a few guys last year who missed more than 10 games that were not put on long-term injured reserve and i wonder if we see that this year because of how limited the uh, cap space is for this team yeah they've never done it ever uh it's just amazing and then you see teams like tampa bay and chicago vegas uh really take advantage of it and and have you know postseason success because of using that loophole uh you know it's uh it's 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 crazy that uh not one time you know, especially in the in the Suter Parisi era too. It's uh, you know, it's just crazy that that never ever came about um, too. Um, you know, so, yeah, you know, while we you know we clearly hope that there isn't injuries, you know, if that does happen, use the strategy while while it's still legal. You know, it's, yeah, take use advantage. It. What what will end up happening is the Wild will use it for the first time, and then Gary Bettman will be like. I don't think we're going to allow this. The investigators anymore. take a look at the medical records and say that the Wild are yeah. faking it. And they're like, you know what? We're going to impose future cap penalties on the Minnesota Wild for <laughs> abusing the long-term injured reserve situation. And then I'm probably going to pay a little visit to league headquarters <laughs> yes. if that ends up being the case. So <laughs> the good news, though, is that it seems like, by and large, the Minnesota Wild are relatively healthy going into the uh, the preseason. So we'll talk about that. Some of the other things that we learned from the training camp portion of the preseason, that is on the way as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. With storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, and supply chain issues, we need to be prepared now more than ever. And everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Go check out jacemedical.com today. Plus, you can get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical. Com. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Again, a reminder for the everydayers you're going to want to tune in for tomorrow's episode. We get a treat for you as Minnesota Wild fourth liner Brandon Duhame will be joining the show. We'll run through some uh, listener submitted questions, talk about the offseason, being line mates with Pat Maroon. Plenty to discuss with Brandon Duhame on tomorrow's show. Very much looking forward to that. So make sure you don't miss it by subscribing right now on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform and turning those notifications on so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Continuing our chat with Alex Micheletti today. And Alex, let's talk about the uh, brief training camp uh, portion of the preseason. We learned a few things uh, that I thought were interesting 
throughout the course of the uh, the lead up to the first preseason game. Number one, kind of what we assumed, Marcus Felino was dealing with a pretty substantial injury the back half of the season last year. He had surgery in the offseason to clean things up, and the hope is now that he will be able to get back closer to the form that he showed a couple of years ago. And I'm not even just talking about goals per se, just talking about his ability to be physical out there and just be the Marcus Foligno that we've come to know. Uh, Cause he did not look like it uh, the second half of the season, especially uh, this past year. Yeah, hundred percent. When the when the grief line RIP was going, <laughs> um, you know, they they were absolutely dominant. You know, when Greenway was hundred percent focused, <laughs> um, and uh, and showing up on time, um, and uh, Eric Sinek and him were. I mean, they they that's what made the Wild good is is having that physical third line. You know, hopefully they can get back to that. Um, but. Uh, uh, with, uh, you know, with uh, Felino um, and uh, Goudreau and, and Rossi, uh, most likely, um, you know, having, you know, a, a solid checking line like that, that can, you know, take some pressure off the the top six um, would, would do wonders for the wild, especially in such a uh, competitive uh, central, um, you know, division. It, it seems like it's going to be harder than, than last year. And, we take a look, you know, Dallas picks up Matt Duchesne and, you know, and then, you know, um, Colorado makes some interesting moves, getting Ryan Johansson and Thomas Tatar, Miles Wood from the Devils. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, and then Nashville gets Ryan O'Reilly, who I keep bringing up on here. That is just always a pain to play against, as we remember from from the Blues. So it's just going to be a dogfight. You you will earn your spot in, in, in the playoffs this year from the Central. Uh, mark my words. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And you got to be able to attack this thing as healthy as you can be. Uh, nice to hear confirmation from Bill Guerin that Jewel Erickson Kirill Kaprizov, uh, some of those guys that were injured at the end of the season. In fact, pretty much all of them uh, have had a chance to fully heal. There was mention that there was one player that was dealing with an injury that was different than what happened at the end of the season. Um, and so we were going to kind of figure that out as things played out. Turns out it was Ryan Hartman. And so he started training camp on the, uh, the no contact list but was moved off of it and uh, has been given the full green light to, uh, to compete here in the rest of the preseason. And so it sounds like uh, this team is all systems go. Yes. Finally. Right. Uh, I, I even think that Krill, um, he looked, he didn't look the same after the thanks Logan Stanley for just <laughs> going uh, WWE on, on 97. That, that was, that was tough. And so, yeah, he had a you know tough tough stretch there against Dallas. So, um, you know, I think he's raring to go. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Bill Guerin was uh, interviewed by uh, by Dan Barrero the other day, and which was an awesome interview. And he said, no doubt in my mind that he um, thinks Krill can hit fifty. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he's motivated to to get there um, and uh, you know be the be the player that we all expect him to be. So it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch that and. Uh, you know, they clearly missed Erickson Heck too, uh, with, yeah. with, with this limited 
depth on on center. He is such an important player, and maybe he can <laughs> try to win. Uh, you know uh, the award that pa- uh, Patrice Bergeron had for forever and the Selkie, and so yeah, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see how um, Act um, does this year. Yeah, and. I, I think that's probably the reason that I picked in the Soda Pods divisional preview show, which uh, I believe will be um, dropping on podcast feeds today as well. I picked the Winnipeg Jets to finish seventh in the division. And I think because of the injury to Kirill Kaprizov, I just anticipated that all the karma would come back uh, to bite the Jets this year. Um, I, I don't forget, though. So. <laughs> take that Winnipeg Jets um the other one that we learned that will be interesting to see how it plays out is that Marco Rossi and you may notice we're we're saying Rossi now because uh that was corrected (laughs) um during uh during the interview session is that you know if if people struggle to roll their R's I I absolutely can't um then Rossi is fine and so we're we're in favor of that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take that opportunity and run with it because I can't roll my R's to save my life. So um, Marco Rossi has uh, beefed up a little bit, 15 pounds of muscle in the off season. Not only that, but he stayed in Minnesota. Um, throughout Missed the his sister's wedding too. Yeah, that, and that I, was crazy. I just want to, I just want to say that I was I was bummed out by that part of yeah the whole thing because like I get wanting to put in the work to put yourself in position to have a major impact on this team, but having it come at the sacrifice of stuff like that that is just always something that I think just kind of sucks. But again, credit to Rossi for putting in the time here, um, adding some muscle to his frame and uh, and working all off season with the uh, the wild strength and conditioning coach, skating coach Andy Ness, uh, putting in a ton of time to put himself in position to now where he can succeed. And really, it looks as though the way that this is going to play out is that he's going to start on that third line. And if he performs well, the moment that somebody in that top six starts to struggle is when he gets the opportunity to elevate. Yeah, and that's that's what he's always wanted too. And uh, it's good to see that he's motivated too. Um, he's he just has to show it in the regular season. Uh, you know what? Last year he led the team in preseason points, so it was it was there. But then for whatever reason, when the lights were on, then something changed. So hopefully now with this added strength and uh in muscle that that's going to do wonders because you know i think you know when when it became the regular season he was getting pushed around and now the if yeah. he has that added strength he can push around those guys back you know and that that's that's huge and uh i think he just has to play relaxed to uh you know um yeah i think he put way too much pressure on himself and that 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 doesn't help your confidence either no no, it, uh, it just makes it tough because then it seems like the more pressure you put on yourself, the more every instance in which you are handling the puck or even just trying to do the simple things feels like a, a life or death situation where it's like, if I don't do the absolute perfect play here, 
I'm gonna get ki- I'm gonna get booted off the team. Well, yeah, and, and we yeah we, we take a look at you know look at the playoffs the, you know this past playoffs. I I remember talking to you and and sending videos and just watching watching games with you. Uh, Anton Lundell, Seth Jarvis. I mean, we see guys and that are picked after him uh, in his same draft class, and they are succeeding. Uh, in the NHL. So, you know, he sees that too. And he doesn't want to have the, the bus label attached to him. No one, no one wants to have that as a part of their legacy. And so, no. you know, he's extremely motivated to, to, to be like the rest of the draft class. Yeah. And it's, it can be frustrating too, because you put yourself as a player in a situation to where you're hoping that you succeed at a level that then the coaching staff is going to, uh, reward and we just really didn't see the opportunity there so you've got kind of two sides of this coin is like you as the player have to play well enough for the coaches to put you in situations but if you're not put in good situations right off the bat it doesn't lead to the success that we were hoping to see and so I what I'm going to do what I'm going to do this year is just take everything that happened with that situation last year from the hype video of congratulations, you made the team to the 20 games with one point playing third and fourth line minutes. I'm flushing all of it and going, I'm going to view Rossi as a new player on this team this year, completely flush the expectations and see what happens. He's either going to look like an NHL player or he's not. Yeah, a hundred percent. And <laughs> you get you get the Florida Panthers, the team that was in the Stanley Cup right, right off the bat. So, uh, yeah, well, you know the the it's right right from the beginning. You are you're you are getting a quality team. Um, and so yeah, it's going to be fascinating that you know to see how he does. And then you know uh, Austin Matthews and and that and that crew. So yeah, it's uh, no rest for the wicked for sure. No, no rest at all. Well, we're going to we're going to audible here um, because something popped into my head that I did want to talk about a little bit uh, special teams, because when is special teams never not at the forefront of the conversation? And so we're just going to roll through and look at kind of where the Wilds special teams units are sitting from a personnel standpoint to start the year. And we'll amend, we'll adapt, we'll move people around, we'll do whatever we need to do, because we are going to fix the Wild Special Teams as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Kick yourself into a bunch of wins this season during the NFL with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The action in the NFL is absolutely bonkers. For instance, you might have taken the Miami Dolphins, who scored 70 points against the Denver Broncos over the weekend, or the Minnesota Vikings, who had it on the goal line and threw an interception to lose. Regardless of if you went with the Dolphins or the Vikings, you can still get a ton of bonus bets to use on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com locked on to get the NFL season started right. 
FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Again, make sure tomorrow to check out our interview with Brandon Duhame as we uh, gear up for the start of the season. We'll ask Brandon about his offseason and his expectations for where the Wilds can go this season. So make sure to tune in for that. Coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Wild. All right. We're going to finish today's episode by talking about the special teams units. Alex, let's just roll through the personnel. See if we agree. And I'm taking this based off of the daily face-off. Let's see if we agree. And if we don't, who should be in the particular spots um, on on the power play and on the penalty kill. So, first power play unit for the Minnesota Wild. Matt Zuccarello, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, Matt Boldy, Kirill Kaprizov, Kalen Addison. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have an, an issue with that. That no. that that's what they had for the most part for for the last season. Um, you know, the only guy that you may, that um, that you could maybe put in there um, is uh, Marcus Johansson, um, and then you know either move a uh, Zuccarello, um, you know, uh, or or Boldy, you know, just to try to get more depth uh, for the second unit there, because the second yeah. unit, we just always, you know, always seem to, you know, just like, Oh no, you know, they get out there and, you know, they don't even get a shot on goal, you know? So uh, maybe try to even out the units, but that, that would be the only, only guy that you would maybe think about, you know, second, putting on the second unit. Second unit, Ryan Hartman, Marco Rossi, Marcus Johansson, Freddie Goudreau, Jared Spurgeon. I don't know. I mean, the only guy, I mean, that, that isn't on there right now that you could maybe put on there is, you know, Patrick Maroons played the you know second power play unit in, in Tampa. And, and when he was with St. Louis a little bit too, you know, as like a net front presence. So, yeah. you know, you could maybe plug him in there, you know, if they're struggling, because uh, he, he, he still has the hands to, to score a little bit. So, you know, we saw him score some nice, uh, deflected goals last year with with uh with tampa bay so you know maybe taking uh you know hartman's spot um that that's the only guy that, that you could really put in there uh spurgeon you know he's not really a power play guy so if uh if alex galagoski is in the lineup you know he's he's played power play a lot in his career uh that's that's the only other other guy that you would really you know you would put in on the power play. I mean, you saw Felino on there last year and it doesn't, it wasn't really, (laughs) really wasn't really pretty. So no, it did not do the job. I do like the idea of Maroon as a net front guy, because Mm -hmm. I feel like one of the other things that kind of plagued that second unit throughout the course of the year is that they didn't have a guy that could go stand in front of the net. It was just a bunch of, it was just a collection of other players. It was a mess. It was chaos when they, they would, they would come over the boards and it was, (laughs) you had, you know, pucks just going over the net and, or just, you know, they had, they had trouble just even getting in the zone to, uh, yeah, they never changed their, you know, uh, you know, zone entry. It was, it was too, way too predictable. Yeah. Tyson Jost, uh, second power play <laughs> specialist. Yeah, it was not no. not good. No, no. So I like the idea of having the uh, the net front guy on that second unit. Now penalty kill. We see the first unit of Freddie Goudreau, Connor Dewar, Jake Middleton, and uh, Jared Spurgeon. Why 
in the world is Jewel Erickson Eck not your number one penalty kill center? Yeah, he, he should. Off. <laughs> he hundred percent should be. I, I I don't really understand that, but uh, Middleton, Spurgeon, rock solid. But you know, Erickson Eck should be the first off off the board there too. Um, especially if if you have to. Uh, when a face-off, that's that's who I want um, as as the as the top killer. I, I I don't I I don't know I I don't know why that is. So then your second unit should probably be then Freddie Goudreau. They mm-hmm. have then Freddie Goudreau, Marcus Foligno, Jonas Brodine, and Brock Faber. Defensively, zero issues there. Yep. But I don't know. Um. Freddie Goudreau, I think, is fine. He's fine. As that second center. Bellino's kind of the spot where I'm like, yeah, if he's if he's playing well, that's that's probably okay. But um You I, want I some know. speed. You want yeah. some speed on that penalty kill. So I mean, uh Dewar was when he got time on the penalty kill, he was phenomenal. He had yeah. um, uh, you know, we saw some sh- shorthanded op, you know, breakaways from him, opportunity. Uh, he it was it was awesome to see him. And same when Duhame got opportunities too. Uh, you know, he was electric on the penalty kill. I would more opt to go Duhame on PK two with Goudreau, with Brodine, with Faber. Have that be your second unit. Cause yes, speed, speed is what gets you opportunities to, uh, to score on the end. Um, yeah, I don't know. Good work. Daily face off. <laughs> I'm not better, but that's going to do it for today's episode. So again, don't miss Brandon Duhame on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Wild. Should be a lot of fun, uh, and you'll be able to hear that first thing in the morning, so don't worry uh, about that. But uh, make sure that you do subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the rest of the week. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.